You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's always good to start Locked On Kings on a Friday with some good news. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt George. Welcome into the podcast hub of your Sacramento Kings for this offseason with the start of the California Classic next week, Summer League in Vegas just after that. Free agency about to get going. Then, of course, training camp and the start of the 2018-2019 season. You are in the right place for Sacramento Kings news and coverage if you call yourself a Kings fan. My name is Matt George, and I have the privilege of being your host. I am from Sports 1140 KHDK, an on-air host and multimedia journalist that is the flagship radio station of the sacramento kings here in the california capital and we are all rejoicing at khdk and a lot of us around the greater sacramento area are rejoicing today why because garrett temple has chosen to exercise his eight million dollar player option he will return to the sacramento kings next season i am a huge fan of garrett temple very excited to have him back in that king's locker room where he makes a massive difference believe me i've been in that locker room i've interacted with him i've seen his interaction not just with the young players but everybody in that locker room he is a shoulder for uh, a lot of the young guys to lean on and someone that even uh Head coach Dave Yeager uh, can confide in Uh, Garrett Temple words do not express the importance that he has to this team and a lot of people just focus on his statistics or what he does on the floor and, and associate all of his worth with that and in an NBA league where results matter I understand that to some extent but when you are a team in the Kings that has time on your side and you're trying to develop young talent a veteran leader a communicator uh everything that Garrett Temple is you need in your locker room and I'm sure it's Sacramento Kings young guys De'Aaron Fox Frank Mason even Marvin Bagley actually I'll go as far to say every person every player every team staff member in the Sacramento Kings locker room is thrilled uh, that Garrett Temple has exercised his option to return a smart move by Garrett Temple as well uh, with the cap rising but also so much money on the books uh, from the initial boost of the cap a couple of years ago with the new NBA TV deal there's not too many teams with a lot of cap space to go out and sign players like Temple there's expected to be more money in the 2019 free agency period so uh, Garrett's ultimately setting his sights toward that to get one more last major contract but I don't think that was the only reason he made that decision sure Temple still has some years left in that body and can be a important piece on a playoff team but I know from speaking with him and from interacting with him he loves it here in Sacramento he loves these fans and he loves these young guys that he gets to suit up with and take the floor with on a night-to-night basis so Garrett Temple returns good news for that that now means that the Kings have around 19 million dollars in cap space to use in free agency whether they want to uh try and take on a bad contract uh, if they want to try and sign Mario Hazonia or maybe a sign and trade to open up more sp- uh, cap space to get a Jabari Parker. There's a lot of options out there. We'll have to wait and see uh, what Vlade and the Sacramento Kings decide to do. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I have a new guest for you, a fresh face, a fresh voice, a fresh name, and he's relatively new to the uh, Sacramento Kings media scene. It's one Richard Ivanowski from Sacktown Royalty. You've heard I've had Tim Maxwell from Sacktown Royalty on before. Uh, they do great work there at that 
blog that covers the Kings. Uh, and Richard has written a couple articles already in the few months that he has been uh, with Sacktown Royalty. His most recent article, Marvin Bagley III, the pick I didn't know I wanted. I love this article. I encourage you to pause this right now or after this episode is done, uh, read the article uh, so you can get an understanding. He has a great uh, metaphor that he uses right at the very beginning of it about like Christmas morning for Sacramento Kings fans, uh, which I think is, is spot on. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that. Everything uh, coming up here on Locked on Kings. You've heard me have Tim Maxwell from Sacktown Royalty on a number of times. He's just too much of a Debbie Downer for me right now. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I love Tim. He's fantastic. A great guy uh, to talk to. And he works for this... I. I hesitate to call it a blog because that's what it is, but Sacktown Royalty has become so much more than just a blogging site, uh, site about the Sacramento Kings. I consider it to be the best connection out there between the Sacramento Kings franchise and uh, the fans. And Sacktown Royalty does a phenomenal job really uh, – taking the fans' opinions into account and then telling the story from the King's point of view and tying everything together in a beautiful way. And that that website has done a phenomenal job. Uh, Tim is one of the many great members of that team. As long or alongside this guy... He is a new hire for Sacktown Royalty. He has been around for a couple of months, hired back when the playoffs uh, just got going. One Richard Ivanowski, and he's joining me here for the first time on the Locked on Kings podcast, wrote a fantastic article about Marvin Bagley. Uh, so I wanted to give him an opportunity to expand on that. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time, and thank you for joining me here on the podcast. First off, uh, congratulations and welcome to the Sacktown Royalty family. I know we here in Sacramento are very excited to have you as part of that team that we get to read your work. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. That's that's really cool of you to say. Um, I'm really excited to, to be on the show. So, Richard, first and foremost, the Sacramento Kings and Sacktown Royalty have always had this this great connection. At one point, I remember this was this was before your time, but they were, Sacktown Royalty was actually accused for some reason of being a a blog or a website that was paid for by the Kings to just puff out these fluff stories. Obviously, that's not the case. It's never been the case, and you can see all evidence of that to how the reaction by a lot of your team members there at Sacktown Royalty uh, to the Sacramento Kings draft. A lot of us, myself included, I'm sure you as well, wanted the Kings and expected the Kings to take Luka Doncic at two. Ultimately, we found out they didn't do that. Some of us took it easier than others. Some of your colleagues really took it on the chin, uh, Tim Maxwell included. But ultimately, I wanted to get your reaction initially to the Kings passing on Luca and taking Marvin Bagley. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I was a little more split than most guys. Um, I did want Luca, um, but I was, you know, as far as relatively speaking, I was closer to wanting Bagley than than the average Kings fan, I would guess, and certainly the average uh, Sacktown royalty writer. Um, so when it, you know, when it happened, I I kind of come to you know with the the lead in and the woes stuff, I kind of at least they softened the blow a little bit. So when it happened, it didn't feel like a shock or anything. Um, and I was pretty, I, you know, I kind of talked myself into it pretty quickly. And that's kind of what the article was an attempt to do. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of 60, 40 towards Luca. Uh, and now, you know, I'm, I'm feeling fine either way. 
Yeah, it sounds like you and I were in pretty similar, if not the exact same boat on Bagley. We liked Luca. We saw the impressive resume, and that speaks for uh, spoke for itself. Uh, but Marvin Bagley brings along with him this uh, this scoring ability that was very enticing to to follow and to look at, and I'm sure was very enticing for Vlade and the Sacramento Kings, who ultimately took him. What is it about Bagley's game that draws your attention the most, and what can you see him doing right away uh, for the Kings, starting with the California? California Classic next week. Well, you touched on it right there for sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest concerns that Kings fans had last year was, and I saw it a lot on Twitter, is, you know, we need our 20-point-per-game score. And then the secondary, like the, the second biggest thing that we wanted was a rebounder. And Bagley does those two things right there. Like those are, if those are the two biggest concerns, a volume scorer and a volume rebounder, I, I mean, it's hard to argue that, that Bagley can't address both those issues. Richard Ivanowski joining us here from Sacktown Royalty. You can check out uh, the article that he wrote right now on SacktownRoyalty.com all about Marvin Bagley. Before we dive into specifically uh, everything you said, by the way, the article is titled Marvin Bagley III, The Pick I Didn't Know I Wanted, which is a a very keen title for for what you go out and and say throughout the story. And I encourage all our listeners, if you haven't already, after this interview is over or even pause it right now, read the article and then you can come back to hear more more from Richard as he expands on some things. Uh, But is it to you, Richard, the scoring ability that was the most enticing thing uh, for the Sacramento Kings? Look, the reality is, as much as we may like De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald or Bogdan Bogdanovich, this team doesn't have that established go-to score. Is it that element that you think made him the obvious choice for Vlade and company, or is it a mixture of other parts of his game? I mean, I think that's attractive, but I, th- I think for me, I'd have to go with the fit on the roster as being the biggest thing. Um, you know, Luca is, is probably, you know, the, as of right now, probably has the higher ceiling, probably has the higher skill level. And, um, but my concern is more that, like, he's going to have to be on the court. You know, when he's on the court, he's going to be taking the ball out of De'Aaron Fox's hands. He's going to be taking the ball out of bogey's hands and so there's some redundancy there and it's not it's not that they couldn't be great together i mean you put fox and bogey and luca on the court together you know you may have something special but there are questions there with the fit whereas bagley is a four and at the four you know i mean we have the 36 37 year old zach randolph we have scal who you know obviously hasn't been great and then we kind of got some like two-way guys and that sort of stuff, but there's there's you know a clear vacancy there. Whereas I don't think it's as clear what role Luca would play, and um, so you know it's sort of a plug-in. You know you can just plug Bagley right in there, and you can see how he would fit. And you know to me that's got to mean something. You know it, it doesn't have to be the whole picture, but that's a big part of it. Probably the biggest part of it for me. Well, I'm very glad you brought up fit because that part in the selection really ruffled a lot of Sacramento Kings feathers. Uh, yeah, it's choosing to make a decision based off of fit over best overall talent. And my counter to that, and I'm not going to go too far into detail because they've heard me uh, say it over and over again because I think it's an important point, is to me, as much as I liked Luka and wanted the Kings to pick him, the difference in talent level overall between Luka and Marvin Bagley didn't jump off the page. Now we'll have to wait and see which one ends up having the better career, but ultimately it wasn't Luka Doncic coming in as the clear-cut, obvious number two or number one overall pick 
and then there's Marvin Bagley. It was these two players have what they do very, very well. One's been very successful in Europe. One's been very successful in college. Ultimately, the Kings went the, with mm-hmm. the one uh, from college. So I don't see that big of a discrepancy there, allowing Vlade uh, to get away from the fit conversation or can get away with choosing and making a decision uh, based off of fit. What do you like the most about what Bagley can do fitting in with De'Aaron Fox? Where do you think that he's going to be able to plug in and get off to a great start right away? Well, I think we talked about um, a lot stretching the, the court horizontally. You know, there's something to be said for stretching the court vertically, right? Like we need guys that can get get up above the basket and can score around the rim, who can cut. And, you know, I mean, let's also not forget that that we shot, you know, 39.7% from the three-point line in, you know, a limited number of attempts. But, you know, getting up there, if, you know, if Giles, excuse me, if Giles doesn't turn out to be the stud that we all want him to be, uh, you know, we need someone who's going to be able to play above the rim. And so, you know, and honestly, it'd be nice to have two two guys there. Um, So, the fit to me is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, I understand that it's it is not the biggest concern for most Kings fans. You know, I do get that. It, you know, best player over overall, best player available. That is the sort of leading logic. Um, and if that's if that's all that matters to you, I totally understand being heartbroken that we didn't get Luca. But um, if you were closer on their on their talent level, like I was, kind of uh, like I had said earlier, if you were sort of sixty forty on it then this should matter to you. But if you were a hundred percent in, in camp Luca, uh, yeah, I get it. And like, you know, I listened to your uh, uh, earlier in the week, you had said, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan. And I just want to reiterate that's, that's exactly right for me too. Like if you are heartbroken by this, I'm not going to tell you not to be, but uh, I think there's plenty of reason to, to get all aboard the, you know, the badly train. If you, if you were even split a little bit, Richard, Tell me if I'm being too dismissive here, because some have told me I am, and I really don't think I am being. Uh, When you're a team in the Sacramento Kings in a scoring league in the NBA uh, that is last in offense and last in scoring, that's the number one problem you have to fill right away. And I'm willing to fill that at the sacrifice of someone who's maybe not the best defender. That is the ultimate thing that's been held against Marvin Bagley is that he had to be hid really in the corner of a uh, 2-3 zone by Coach K with Duke. Uh, so there obviously are defensive concerns, and I'm not going to try and ignore them or brush those under the rug. However, those don't nearly concern me uh, as much when making this decision and when defending Bagley because ultimately he does what the Kings need need him to do and need somebody to do, which is put the ball in the basket. Am I being too dismissive there? No, I don't think so. Um, and I also think it's worth bringing up that, like, if if defense is the number one thing you want, then, you know, that's probably – you probably weren't 100% for Luka in that aspect. You know, I'm, I know there were some outliers there that wanted Jaron Jackson. And, you know, if defense is your main concern, that makes sense too. Carrying on uh, with your idea of and with what you said, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast earlier in the week, I'm very uh, passionate about the idea of not telling people how to fan because what's everybody has their own opinion, and that's what makes the Sacramento Kings fan base so great. Uh, but you had an analogy in this article, 
and I loved it because I felt like some Kings fans, I'm going to piss some people off here, some Kings fans approached this whole situation. The Kings not picking Luka was really the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of Kings fans, and I don't understand yeah. that really at all um, because, like I said, there isn't that much of a clear discrepancy between Luka and between uh, Bagley, but you had this Christmas morning analogy. Do you mind expanding on that a little bit? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um Thanks for asking. So, so the, uh, that's how I start the article off is just talking about this analogy about how, you know, draft day can be Christmas for the lottery teams, especially the top five, top three, top two pick teams. I mean, we're going to get an unbelievable addition to our team pretty, pretty much no matter what. Um, and so it's kind of like this, this big day and there's a lot of pageantry and, and, you know, this huge draft show and we just want to know who it's going to be. And it's, it's, you know, it's hard to sleep the night before. Um, it really is. And, uh, I know that like just among my friends, my personal friends that are Kings fans, like, you know, we're all texting each other first thing in the morning like that. Uh, just who's it going to be? Oh my gosh, it's, it's Christmas morning, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough when you get something that is great, but not what you wanted. Um, you know, it's kind of a crude analogy, but it's, to me, I keep thinking of it like, I think it's spot on, you know, you want it like you, you know, I wanted the PlayStation, but I got the Xbox. It's like, it's not like it's some, it's some huge discrepancy there. It's just not the thing that I wanted. And, you know, it, it may take time to, you know, we can't go change it in now. And it's, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but for it to be the straw that breaks the camel's back is a little bit much. However, I will say like for the benefit of the doubt and for, you know, just as far as, as my experience with my friends, like a lot of them have said that it is the straw that broke the camel's back, but that's just, they're, they're happy to say that's a temporary reaction. Like, I think that Sacramento is far too loyal to their team to feel that way for more than a couple of days. Yes. But as Kings fans, they deserve to, to get upset. And you know what I mean? It's, it's been long enough since the playoffs and, uh, you know, if you if you grow up as a, as a Kings fan and Kings gear and you get 12 years of this, I think that it's OK to be frustrated and it's OK to say things a little out of pocket or to overreact because, you know, you know, you can't get the get the Kings out of your blood. So if you want to be upset about it, like I 100 percent understand yeah, and I, I I am right there with you. Uh, the last time the Kings were good, I was a kid, so I get it, yeah. and I understand that patience is a word that we hate here in Sacramento, and uh, something that really Kings fans are wearing thin of if they don't not have it or it's all, uh, completely gone uh, altogether. A lot of the fans that were really upset about the pick then immediately turned their anger and frustrations onto Vlade, and a lot are calling for Vlade to be fired. Hopefully, uh, this is something temporary. I spoke a lot on. Uh, Monday's podcast about how I believe that Vlade deserves at least this season to see everything play out because in reality I split it into two groups Richard and I'm curious if you do the mm. same I look at it before Cousins or dur- during the Cousins era and after the Cousins trade during the Cousins era Vlade made a lot of mistakes and I'm not going to try and defend them because a lot of them were very very bad and fans are justified in being frustrated because we're still feeling the effects today Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, we don't have a 2019 first-round pick. And then there's the after-cousins side. 
The Kings have had two top five picks in the NBA draft. The Kings also basically fleeced the Phoenix Suns, uh, giving them Marquise Chris, but taking Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes, the Papianis trade or pick was bad, uh, but ultimately I think that that pales in comparison to the other good moves that Vladi's made, in particular uh, that bogey trade. Uh, so I'm curious, your performance evaluation, your thoughts ultimately uh, on Vlade, how he's doing right now, and how much time you're willing to give him uh, before potentially giving him the axe. Oh, man. I mean, it's not great. I would like to be I, – I think of myself as pretty optimistic. Um, it's not great. There's not a lot of confidence, but it is a little bit illogical to fire someone over a pick before that pick reaches the court. And so what's good about this year is not only do we have Bagley, you know, we also have Harry Giles, who's – you know, now we'll see two of his first-round picks touch the floor for the first time. You know, Jackson will be out there for his second year. Hopefully he turns the corner a little bit, Fox. So, you know, I have no, you know, I, I don't see a reason to say, like, you know, he gets he gets several more years of rope without me uh, starting to get a little nervous and, and wanting to get him out of there. But, I mean, I think we got to give him this year, right? I, I mean, that makes sense to me. Moving on, how about another guy that I actually have a little less faith in than I do in Vlade right now, and that's Dave Yeager. Uh, Yeager, to me, has seemed very stubborn and very frustrating at times with his rotation. Uh, it seems like he wants to mold his players around his game plan rather than molding his game plan around his players, which is the way you would expect it to be done, especially uh, with the importance of the players today in the modern NBA. When you have guys like De'Aaron Fox who can run the floor and push the tempo, when you have shooters like Buddy Heald the Kings really have no excuse for being in the bottom of the league in three-point attempts uh, and in pace. What is your thought ultimately on Dave Yeager? Do you trust him? Does he give his? Uh, do does he get your vote of confidence uh, to work Bagley into the rotation right away and to build a system that these young guys can thrive in? It's a tough one. I you know I think I have to defer to uh, you know my buddy and and uh, peer uh, Maxwell who you you mentioned in the intro this piece that uh in the intro of this pod that you know he, he wrote an amazing uh you know basically an editorial claiming that yogurt needs to join uh the nba the modern nba this year or he's got to be out of there and it's it's you know it's a really amazing piece i gotta find uh, a way to qu- uh, quickly link it maybe i can tweet it out or something but you know it, ha- it goes into the stats and the pace and all that and it's it's really embarrassing a little bit to see a guy that's so far behind the times and you know Zebo has to be a part of that he's an older guy and you know his familiarity with him is has got to be got to play a role in that but yeah I mean I think that with Bagley you have to get him out there right away he's got to get a ton of minutes right away and you have to let Darren Fox play up-tempo basketball or else I think you know you're doing this team a huge disservice and, and probably should get out of town Last thing for you, Richard, uh, Sacramento Kings still have a massive hole to fill at the three spot, hoping to potentially do it. I don't know if it's going to be short-term or long-term, but they need to fill it somehow, uh, and free agency seems like the obvious choice. Free agency opening here in just a couple of days. Are there any names that jump off the page for you, realistic targets that you could see the Sacramento Kings going after, and one in particular, or maybe two in particular, you would like to see in a Kings uniform next year? So, Hizonia and Jabari tend to be the front runners. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of question if we're talking about the small forward position, if either of those guys is best suited for it. One name that I would love to see back in town is Tyreek Evans. 
Honestly, you know, I, I don't know. Let me just put it back to you. Do you think that he'd be willing to, to make another appearance in Sacramento? It would be his third time through, but <laughs> I don't think Tyreek has any ill will towards Sacramento by any means. It may cost the Kings to fork up some dough, which is pretty par for the course anytime the Kings want to attract a free, agency or, uh, free agent here. But Tyreek certainly had probably, and I'm, I'm taking his his rookie of the year year into account last year might've been his best season of his career. Uh, So coming off of that, he might not be the worst pick uh, for the Kings to try and go out and get, although I haven't heard the Kings be any or show any interest in him thus far. Yeah. I, um, I just think that if we are keeping everyone we have on the roster and if temple opts in, which I actually think is, is likely um, I don't think we need as much help at small forward as you might um, you know, it's obviously it's a position of need, and maybe now that we have uh, a better answer at power forward, then it's a it's you know maybe the biggest position of need. But I also think we could use an extra uh, extra veteran point guard type, um, or just you know that's why I think Tyree could be a great fit because he can play a little three. You know, he can be out on the wing, or if you know, God forbid, Fox were to get hurt, I'm just I'm you know I'm a little curious about our point guard depth. Ultimately, Richard, I think you and I are on the same page with we know what guys we expect to be on the floor down the stretch for the Kings, assuming they are in close games like they were a lot last year. Uh, That lineup involves a combination of De'Aaron Fox, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Buddy Heald, so it doesn't bother bother really either of us uh, if the Kings don't go out and get a massive name to be plugged into that spot. They're not necessarily searching for that, but I think you uh, you and I both agree on that element. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe a little bit of wishful thinking, but uh, that's what I was hoping that this pick, this pick in uh, Marvin Bagley met is that they do have a little bit more confidence in Bogey playing a three, or uh, Buddy and Bogey kind of playing the hybrid wing roles because that's you know that's what I want. I want Fox out there, I want Buddy out there, and I want Bogey out there. And you know that was actually the the first uh, article that, that got me noticed by STR was pointing out that when those two are on the court, that's the best net rating that this team got last year. So. Yeah, I want all three out there. I want them with Bagley, and I want them with Giles. That is Richard Ivanowski. You can read his work, including the article Marvin Bagley the Third, the pick I didn't know I wanted right now on Sacktown Royalty. Stay tuned for a lot more great work with the California Classic Summer League coming, training camp, all the way into next season. Uh, Richard's going to be for sure uh, putting out great work. Richard, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come on with me. You can also follow him on Twitter at Ivanowski NBA. That's I-V-A-N-O-W-S-K-I-N-B-A. Follow him on Twitter. A great follow there as well. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time. We'll have to do it again very soon. I love that. Thank you so much, Matt. My thanks to Richard from Sacktown Royalty for joining us. Great work that Sacktown Royalty continues to do on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, I'm excited to... uh, bring Richard back on and and see what more work uh, that he provides uh, for us Kings fans and the uh, Sacramento media in the future. Next week is the California Classic, so stay tuned for coverage of that right here on Locked on Kings. I'm excited. I'm going to be at every single game, not just the Kings games, but all of them in the Golden One Center. If you want to come by and say hi, you absolutely can do that. Just reach out to me on Twitter or over email at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter. You can message me or tweet me directly if you want to say hi, or you can email me mgeorgeskhdk 
sacklocalmedia.com. I'd love to meet you, uh, chat with you, and uh, talk some Kings basketball live and in person inside the Golden One Center. It's rad that in July, in July, people, we are getting basketball inside the Golden One Center and competitive basketball at that. Yes, it's summer league, so it's not all that meaningful, but we're getting to see Harry Giles finally. We're getting to see Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox for at least two games, probably all three. We'll have to wait and see for that, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun, and based off of what I'm hearing about ticket sales, it's going to be packed inside the Golden One Center. I'm very excited to to see and talk to all of you there and enjoy some Kings basketball in July. We'll be back next week with more Locked on Kings coverage. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for another great week. Uh, have a happy or happy and safe 4th of July if I don't speak to you until then or before then. Uh, but until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you guys so much. Have a great one. This has been the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.